0: So today on the Your Harrogate podcast, this is this is something which I think you're really going to enjoy and I think it's something which we're all going to connect with. We're joined by Andrea and Alison from the Mosaic Partnership. Good morning and thank you very much for coming in to the Your Harrogate studio. I'm going to start with the first question and I'll put this to you, Andrea. What is the Mosaic Partnership?
1: So the Mosaic Partnership is um, a joint venture um, with Alison and I about, helping parents in Harrogate um, two, in two ways. The first way is really looking at the community and providing support to local parents, um, breaking down the stigma of the challenges of parenting, but also offering some training and some and additional support in that way. And there's another side to it, which is a more corporate side, which is offering workplace training. So what we found in our research is that people really want to attend um, parent training and parent wellbeing um, courses, but they don't have the time during the working day uh, to attend hours, so we can go into the workplace and we offer the um, support there.
0: Well, we're going to find out quite a lot more about all of that over the next few minutes on the podcast. There's an event which you can find out more about, which is something on Wednesday at the Pickled Sprout, which we're going to talk about. But let's just talk about you guys first, yep, and a bit about your <coughs> own background and and what got you to here, I suppose, Alison.
2: Okay, so I am a teacher, secondary trained in history, uh, worked in secondary schools for many years. Then I got a job working as Uh, assistant in, sorry, assistant head in special needs in Leeds, particularly focusing on behaviour. I then, then, after the birth of my second child, moved to Harrogate and began working as a primary school teacher. Uh, That was 14 years ago, and I'm still working at that primary school. So I've had a real... um, insight into education for 28 years and worked both in primary and secondary. Um, One of my children is, well two of my children actually, are severely dyslexic um, and that came with many many issues and I recognised that there was not much help out there despite the fact that I am a teacher. uh, I did find it really really tricky to access the necessary help for both of my children. So I then trained in Cognitive behavior um, and wanted to take that into schools, but realized that there's quite a few difficulties taking things into school that um, because of red tape and things like that. So I met Andrea um, at a party and we really connected um, over, you know, the need to provide parents with support Um, and parents in the first instance, because obviously if the parent is engaged, the child then will benefit from that. So we got together and started to think about what we could do to help local parents. um, And Mosaic Partnership was born.
0: And, and there's so much to pick up on there, and, and I will ask you a couple of questions yep. on your own experiences yep. and things, and, and then we'll hear we'll hear more about Andrea's background. Because yep. what I think is fascinating about about your story and what's led you to here is that your your day job, your your teaching. Yep. But actually, it's as a mum that probably it becomes most most striking because of what your own children needed.
2: Yeah, it absolutely, yeah. I think, obviously, I've I've taught for 28 years, which is a very long time, but having had my first child who was severely dyslexic and recognised that there were some issues from a very young age... um, it's really hard because you can't see the wood for the trees because you're emotionally, sort of almost blur. There's a blur there, um, and I, I found it a real struggle. And it, you know, despite the fact that I've got a lot of contacts. it it, it took a long time for me to really, really sort of fully understand and fully give my child what they needed. Um, And and I recognise, you know, the constraints of schools. Schools do an amazing job. I am obviously part of that. But there are huge constraints in the education system, sadly, um, where, you know, a lot of children do go under the radar. And fortunately for my children, uh, that's not happened. But it has come at an enormous cost for me personally you know time-wise and financially so yeah we just we just wanted to help parents not just in terms of um academics but but in terms of sort of addressing the the the, the needs that parents have particularly in this modern world uh with giving children and giving them the tools that they need to deal with children in in the right way
0: and Andrea, we had a brilliant conversation before before Christmas about what's going to be happening at this event at the Pickled Sprout, and it's kind of the, the, the tools, I suppose, and the support that parents need to, for all this to be happening. It's, it's not school's responsibility. It's everybody who influences a child, a teenager. It's everybody's responsibility.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's really important, that, is that there's almost like a triangulation. You've got the child, you've got the school, and you've got the parent. And schools are fabulous places, and they work really hard, and they've got lots of resources. Mm. Uh, but I don't think there's many resources for parents. And I've experienced that myself. I've lived, I, I trained in London as a teacher. I worked there for many years. But I've been overseas for probably 15, 20 years. And wherever I've been in the world, there's been the same sort of issues. That, yeah, the schools are doing this, but you almost feel a little bit kind of separate not connected and those parents are desperate for support and understanding and guidance but they don't really know where to go mm. apart from going for therapy but actually it doesn't look is don't need therapy they just need a little bit of understanding so I have four children. Um, a couple of mine are dyslexic. One in particular has a more complex needs. And that has that took me on a, on a personal journey. I did a Master's in Understanding Behaviour, uh, looking at autism and ADHD. And that led me to something called self-regulation, self-reg. And that has trained me to look at behaviour very differently through the lens of self-regulation and polyvagal theory, which sounds like a big word. But if you come along on, on Wednesday, I'll explain what that is. And that has allowed me to, just reduce my own stress and to respond to my child's needs in a much more healthy helpful way than i was doing before
0: Mm -hmm. can you give us some examples of of that
1: um well and
0: i know obviously we don't want to get too personal but i'll give you
1: i'll give you an example of you know so um we lived in houston for a while and um we used to try and make um the advantages of having all the museums and art galleries downtown. So we would make this trip, you know, every weekend or every other weekend. And my child, one, of my third child at the time was probably nine or ten, and we would get in the car and he'd be okay to go, but by the time we had arrived, he was playing up and having meltdowns, and I couldn't understand why because he likes museums um, and he likes the dinosaurs and all these sorts of things, but he was finding it really difficult. And I'd get mad and get angry with him, but I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on. So we'd end up either having to go to McDonald's, which I hated because that would calm him down, or we'd have to just go home. So I started to understand, look at what was happening, what was triggering him on the way. It took me quite a while, but we found out it was because we drove past panhandlers, which are street beggars. And he found that so upsetting, and he couldn't express why, that by the time he got to the museum, he felt that it was not fair that he was there, mm. and he was nine or ten. So he's not a most He's not a most um, communicative kid. But inside him, seeing that had triggered him, and all those emotions that he couldn't express. So it was coming out in his behaviour, and he was playing up. In my mind but what he was doing was saying i don't understand it doesn't feel right and once i was able to see it through that lens and understand that was the trigger we could choose a different route
0: and and part of wednesday at the the pickled sprout this this event that you're you're holding uh, and, and let's talk more about that now but but part of this event and part of the the coaching i suppose here for parents is what are the what are the right framework so sort of what is the right framework to have a conversation to you know th- that's more than yes and no answers to actually prize out of and and and, and there are some similarities between how you know, thinking of sort of roles you have at work when you're when you're managing people s- similar sort of things aren't there in, in conversations where you're there to listen you're not actually there because you know the answer or because you, you, you know what the outcome should be. You are just there to listen. And that, that's one of the things that's coming up on Wednesday, isn't
1: it? It is. And I think that word listen, it's not just listen with your ears. It's listen with your eyes, listen with all your senses, because children are giving you these kind of cues mm. and these messages all the time. But we're so wrapped up sometimes in what we want them to do and our expectations um, not necessarily our expectations; they could be our parents' expectations or society's expectations, and that kind of hijacks us, and we end up trying to get our child to comply um, to a certain way of being, which actually goes away against what they need. So I think there's a, it's, I mean, it's, it's a very complex subject, and I, we hopefully on Wednesday will just start to invite you to look at things a little differently. And when you have, when you start doing that, you'll notice things differently. And mm. I think that allows, empowers you to kind of go, ah, I'm actually making the situation worse. What I need to do is actually look after myself, calm myself down, get perspective, mm. and then have a look at this a different way. And that's that reframing that Alison will be talking about in more detail. So I focus more on the kind of, the triggers and how that can... Um, Biological. Yeah, the kind of how it almost triggers your nervous system into going to fight and flight and how when we're in fight and flight, we think and see things differently. And then Alison comes more in the cognitive, but once we are calm... We can then use those mental tools to think about how how will we do this differently. How can we communicate this? So this we kind of work together. I'm more on the physiological, and the biological, and understanding kind of neuroception and uh, polyvagal, or the kind of those, those words and self regulation. Whereas Alison Moore is more kind of like, okay. Once we're calm, let's how can we how can we use our mindset? How can we use those cognitive tools to help our children, but also help ourselves? Because when we help ourselves. We invariably pass that on.
0: Yeah. And, and can you tell us a bit more about that then, then, Alison, once we're kind of in a in a position where we are calm enough to actually have a conversation or, or look at things differently? Can you tell us a bit more about how that yeah, goes?
2: Yeah, so I focus on, like Andrea said, the cognitive um, element, which is exactly what she said. It's a mindset. So looking at tools, very simple tools, Um, quite often that we don't think about when we're in that kind of fight or flight mode, that kind of, you know, trying to get our children to behave in a certain way. Um, And and, and they are very simple tools. I'm not going to share them too much now, but um, it it, it is exactly what Andrea just said. Getting perspective, taking a step back, looking at things differently and looking at things from their perspective Um, and, you know, very simple tools like, you know, be kind to yourself actually, which then will have an impact on your child and what you're expecting of them. So it's not magic, but at the same time, it's things that people often haven't been taught to do. And that's what we're here to do, just teach people, you know, skill sets that they might not have thought about because they're so involved with their children, they can't see the wood for the trees.
1: One of my favourite tools, which is kind of links into what Alison's doing, is using a mental tool but it actually impacts you kind of biologically. Is um, One of my children now is you know, 15. He is not particularly happy with me. He thinks, he says pretty unpleasant things sometimes, but before I go and engage with him, I will close my eyes and I will imagine him as a little kid, playing with the butterflies or you know, a toddler. And when I do that, it just calms me down. And when I go into the room, my face has a different set of signals to him. Than if I did if I didn't do it. So again, it's that's that. We our first line of communication is body language, and if we can get to that calm state and get our face feel those facial messages. I don't have to say anything to him because I walk into the room and I just look at him and he invariably can't help himself, but he will smile. He doesn't want to smile, <laughs> <laughs> but he will smile and I'm going to go, got you. That is and it's it yeah. a connection. <laughs> yeah. So I've built that connection. Yeah. I haven't said anything because he doesn't want to hear my words, but it... I'm, I'm connecting with
0: him. It's so yeah. funny in life, isn't it? You think of all the things we all have going on in our in our lives and the different things we do. The one thing that probably we all have in common is we all would like to be better parents. You Absolutely. Because it's, it's a constant challenge. Can you tell me a bit, so this is Wednesday morning at the Pickled Sprouts. Can you tell me a bit about um, kind of the, the feel of, of the morning and, 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 and what, it will, what yeah. it will be like, what people will do when they're there? Is there a lot of listening or do you sort of all chip in with stuff? So so,
2: so basically, it's a very safe environment, first of all, and I think people need to understand that there is absolutely no pressure on anyone to speak or anyone to share anything they don't want to share. But we, we would, we, it's a, an, an environment where we are obviously giving information, but at the same time, there is an opportunity if people wish to share. Their experiences to share any issues they might have that we can then obviously help them with. Yeah. Um, but but the bottom line is people can come and just sit, participate, or they can come and just sit there and listen uh, until they feel safe enough to you know want to share their story or want to share what it is that they might need to help them with yeah.
1: so at um, the theme of our um, session on Wednesday this is our third session we're kind of doing fresh starts and I know this time of year we hear fresh starts all over the place but we're we're really focusing on when you have one of those challenging moments at home with your kid um, and you don't know what to do with it and you're feeling that stress and you're feeling you know you're pulling your hair out how do you reset And how do you then create a fresh start? So we're gonna share some kind of physical and biological tools to how we create those fresh starts. And then Alison will share more of the cognitive fresh starts. So you're you're gonna walk away with a handful of tools to use in those moments that you can practice either in that moment or other times, not necessarily always with your child. These are useful tools to use with your partner at work. Just to switch off that fight and flight and to switch on that kind of more kind of social engagement brain and just to work on those um, connections and relationships and communication. Yeah,
0: I could talk to you guys all day, and we should probably get you your own radio station, really, <laughs> shouldn't we, at <laughs> some nice. point, to be honest. Um, but, but we're going to leave it there. But if, if, if people listening, if you're listening to this and you'd like to find out more, the best way now to find out more...
1: is Well, we have a website, which is mosaicpartnership.org. Um, if you want to contact us by email, it's contact at mosaicpartnership.org, and we'll be at the Pickle Sprout on Wednesday from 9.30. The session's from ten to eleven, but we will um, be around afterwards for questions. Um, and alternatively, you know, our, our main numbers are on the website, so if you want to text us or call us, but we're also on Instagram, mosaicpartnership. Yep. Um, so there's lots of ways of finding us.
2: And we do do we we we, we do do the community. Um, chats once a month don't we yeah, so, so if, we do, if you yeah. can't come to the 19th there will be one which we'll put the um, date out there in march we're,
1: and we're also looking to add in february
0: to... that's it yeah not march yeah that's yeah. it yeah there will be one in february one yeah.
1: in and one in march as well. and we're also looking because we've had a lot of requests for some evening or some weekend sessions yeah. and also you know we're also really happy to come into workplaces and do some sessions or to it there so there's lots of ways to for you to access us um if you're interested
0: Absolutely. Gracious. Well, it's been lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time. And I am looking forward to seeing you yes. at the Pickled Sprouts on Wednesday morning. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for having us. <laughs>